Good morning, good morning, good morning. I am Eric. Ah! Let me bless. No, she's like, don't bless me in front of the church, but we're going to do it anyway. You are a child of God, and I'm so glad you're here. Ah, yay. Thank you guys for blessing each other. And doesn't that feel good to bless somebody else? Doesn't it feel good to be blessed? The world is hungry for blessings. So I don't even have to preach this morning. I want you to know this if you don't know anything else. Offer a blessing to someone else this week. It's one of the most powerful things you can do. And did you feel how good it felt to offer that blessing to someone else? So receive a blessing when someone offers it to you, okay? Can y'all offer and receive this week? Can we do that? Awesome, awesome. We are in the middle of a message series called Missing Peace, P-E-A-C-E, Missing Peace. Does anybody here feel like we're missing peace in our world today? Anybody feel like we're missing some peace in our world? Are you missing peace in your life, in your heart, in your soul this morning? Anybody here feel like that? Me too, me too. You are in good company this morning. One of the things that causes us to miss peace, to live with with this absence of peace in our life, is because we have to be around people who are difficult to love. Does anybody here know someone who is difficult to love? Anybody? Yes, thank you. (laughs) Some people are like, yes, I know like 10 of them. Um, People just drive you crazy. Anybody around people who just annoy you and drive you absolutely bonkers? Do you know anybody who is difficult to love? Can I tell y'all something that starts to happen right after Halloween? We start to prepare for Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and somehow these people who are already a little bit difficult to love their difficulty to love grows exponentially over the next six to eight weeks. Does anybody know anybody who, yeah, they're like, we got it, we got it. Over the next six to eight weeks, people are going to grow exponentially difficult to love. I'm just going to tell you that, and I need you to know something, that you are going to live missing peace in your life over the next few weeks if we can't figure out how to live in a world, to live our lives with people who are difficult to love. And I just want to speak this fact out over you, okay? Some of you are going to call somebody and invite them to Thanksgiving, and they're going to tell you how terrible your apple pie was last year, all right? That's just how some people in your family are. I know this. No one in my family is like this, but I know how y'all's family is, all right? Somebody's going to call you and tell you, I don't, listen, it's been a rough year, and I'll be glad to come to Thanksgiving, but you're going to need to send Aunt Sally at one end of your house and Aunt Sue at the other end because we cannot get along in the same room. That does not happen in my family, but maybe some of you know this experience, right? Somebody in your family, in your life, is difficult to love. People are going to say things that offend you. They are, somebody is going to walk into your house over the next six to eight weeks, and they are going to start talking about politics, They are going to start talking about something that happened at work. They're going to bring up something that happened in their family, in your family, and make some passive aggressive comment. At some point in your life over the next six to eight weeks, someone is going to offend you. And it may not even be in your family or in your relationships. It may be someone at the mall, at Publix. Lord have mercy, at Publix, somebody might say it. If you are on a search, to be offended over the next few weeks, you will find what you are looking for. 
If you are searching to be offended over the next few weeks, you are going to find what you are looking for. Because here's the truth. Being offended is inevitable. It is, it is inevitable. Living offended. Choosing to bury that offense in your heart and in your soul and living like that is a choice. And if you want to find the peace of Jesus in your life, I am going to offer some words from, from the Apostle Paul on how we can begin to live our lives not being offended without that missing piece. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, if you'll turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 14. Romans chapter 12, verse 14. A man named Paul wrote this to the church in Rome. That's why it's called Romans. The Apostle Paul was a dude who like persecuted people who followed Jesus. They started this movement and, and Paul wanted that movement stamped out. He wound up working his way up in the Roman government by like literally obliterating people who followed Jesus, okay? And one day, Paul is on this road, this trade route between two major areas. It's called Dam the Damascus Road. It attached two really prominent areas. Um, it's kind of like the Gandhi Bridge with less traffic, okay? Uh, you know, St. Pete and Tampa. So he's on the Damascus Way, uh, the Damascus Road, and there was this moment where he sees this bright light, this very bright light, and he becomes blind, and, and, and he has this spiritual, life-changing encounter with Jesus who absolutely changes his life. And Paul puts down his weapons, y'all. He puts down the weapons that he used to destroy the world around him, the movement of Jesus. He puts those weapons down, and he picks up the weapon of singing. He picks up the weapon of prayer. He picks up the weapon of reading the Bible and Scripture. He picks up the weapon of building relationships with neighbors. And he starts to build a new kingdom. A kingdom that looks much different than the one he was fighting for and building. Could we use a kingdom like that? If you're coming in here this morning with some weapons that you've been hurling at the world around you, this is my invitation to you this morning. An invitation from Jesus to lay those down and pick up something different, the peace of Jesus in your life, even with people who are difficult to love. Paul knew. Paul knew this church was dealing with that, and this is what he says to him: Bless those who persecute you. Bless those who are out to get you. Bless and do not curse. I know y'all don't say cuss words. I know, know y'all aren't doing that. Bless and do not curse. Chris is like, Erica. <laughs> Rejo rejoice with those who rejoice. Have you rejoiced this week with somebody who had good news? Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is, in the, what is right in the eyes of everyone. Listen to this. It's a verse that is like absolutely compelling and hard also. Listen to this. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. 
Live at peace with everyone. I'm going to read this just one more time. Sometimes I think we just need a double dose of the Word of God. And this morning I'm going to read it over you. So just take a good deep breath in. For those of you who've been offended, who've lived with people who are difficult to love, I'm just going to read this over you. It was the words that God gave to Paul to speak over a church of people who were hurting and offended, who were persecuted and who were missing peace. And this morning, I just offer this to you. I'm just going to read it a second time. I'm not going to interrupt it. If you want to open your hands on your lap and just receive these words of God this morning. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone, if it is possible. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Let me... Let me just pray over you really quick. God, I thank you so much for the people in this room. For those who are bringing hurt and pain, who are bringing anger and hurt with them this morning, God, I just pray over them. I bless them in the name of Jesus. May they be given the strength to lay those things down this morning and to pick up your peace. Thank you for offering it to us through and in the name of Jesus. Amen. The very first thing that Paul says is bless. Anybody heard this word before, bless? It is a Greek word. Well, the bless is the English word. It's actually English. But it comes from the Greek word, you, I'm not, I'm not a Greek scholar. Let me start there. Okay, so don't go tell some professor. My pastor said this is how to say that because that's not true. But I know how to spell it. So just look up here. Okay, so bless, the Greek word for bless is eulogian, eulogian. And that you, E-U in Greek means good. Can everybody say good? Good. You means good. And that logo, that logoian or whatever, um, it means word. Okay? So bless literally means to offer a good word over people. Can I tell you all one of my favorite stories in the Bible? The people of Israel, the Israelite people, are living in oppression and slavery in the land of Egypt. And the Pharaoh tells them, this king, this ruler, um, these folks are like slaves. Like they're having to build the pyramid. They're having to do all this stuff, right? And the king of Egypt says to these women who are midwives, he tells them, your job is when a Hebrew baby is born, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. And I need you to know what these two women did. They went and they helped these Hebrew women have babies anymore. And they came back to the Pharaoh. And you know what, you know what they did? They looked at him. And the way the story's told, it sounds like maybe they told like a little white lie. You know, they said, the women are too strong and they have birth too fast. And we can't, we can't figure out what to do with all these babies. These women are just too strong at bringing new life into the world. And the way the story's written, it sounds like maybe that's like a little white lie for them to be able to save these babies. But can I tell you what the truth is. These women, Zephora, I, I can't remember their names, I'm sorry, but these women, these Hebrew midwives are blessing 
the women of Israel, these second, third, fourth class citizens who aren't allowed to own property, who don't get to vote, who don't get to have anything. These women who are absolutely and terribly enslaved by the people of Israel, who aren't even allowed to have their children anymore in this kingdom. They, these women, these Hebrew midwives begin to bless them and speak this word over them. The women are too strong. And in the days ahead, these women will walk, march across the Red Sea away from an army after them because two women, two midwives spoke a truth over them. They are too strong. They are too fast. They are too good at bringing new life, ushering new life into this world. And as they march across a split red sea, running from a Pharaoh army, they believed the words that these women spoke over them, the blessing that they received, the good word that they received. And if anybody here, if anybody here has watched a teacher make an absolute difference in the life of a child, you know what they did. They spoke a good word. When my sister in first grade went from not wearing glasses and walked in with these plastic glasses because she was allergic to nickel and couldn't even wear like the frames of glasses, it would break her out. So she had to wear these big plastic frames in 1993. They weren't cool back then. They were, those big frames were cool in the 70s. So these kids were making fun of her and she felt really afraid to walk in and her first grade teacher looks her right in the eyes and she said, cool glasses. And my sister puts them up on her nose and walks with her head a little higher because a teacher spoke a good word over her. A kid walks in to her class a, a little while later upset and, and sad about living in a family that, that had a single parent home. And she said, you know what? We love you here. Spoke a good word over them. Who's spoken a good word over you? You thought you had no worth or nothing left and someone spoke a good word over you. The power of blessing transforms and changes things. It offers a good word to the people, teachers and kids, nurses in senior nursing facilities, labor and delivery nurses still do this. They still speak good words over people. This is what we are supposed to do. We are supposed to practice this where it's easy. It was easy to look at these people who are easy to love in here, right? And say, blessing to you. It's good to see you this morning. Practice doing this. Practice blessing people where it is easy. But Paul asked us to go a step further. What did he ask us to do? Bless those who persecute you. Bless those who are after you. Bless those who don't want anything good for you. Offer them a good word. Offer them a good word. As Christians, as people who follow Jesus, we're asked to do the good and right thing, and then sometimes we're asked to take a couple extra steps in doing that. Imagine what it would look like to tell the coworker who's not told the truth about you. Imagine what it would look like to say, I hope you have a good day and mean it. Imagine what offering a blessing to them would be. Imagine what offering a blessing to your kids in the morning when they are five minutes late to school and they've done nothing you've said and they've not been a first-time listener in three years. Imagine what it would look like. Imagine what it would look like to bless them. I watch my husband do this. He tells my son, he's like, you're a first-time listener. And I've watched over the last year him become a first-time listener because Chris is speaking a truth and a blessing over him. A good word. Practice where it is easy. 
and take a couple more steps in following the Jesus who took all the steps for us all the way to the cross and offer peace and blessing to the people who persecute you. The second thing that Paul says is bless those who bless you, rejoice with those who rejoice, and mourn with those who mourn. Basically what he's saying is pay attention to the people around you. There are people who are hurting, guys. Mourn with those who mourn. I am so sorry to stand up here this morning in this city, in this city just a few miles from from Ybor City where last night there was a tragic and terrible shooting. And I'm telling you guys, there are going to be people in our city, in our community, in our world who are mourning. Mourn with them. Take their hands, look them in the face, say only I am sorry and I am praying for you and mourn with them. Let your heart be broken with those whose hearts are broken. Mourn with those who mourn. And you want to know why it's so hard to be happy in this world? We are so determined that we've got to get ahead that we don't notice when anybody else around us is getting ahead. For just a second, I'm asking you this week, take a step out of thinking about yourself and what would it look to celebrate and rejoice with someone who has something to celebrate this week. Somebody got a promotion you wanted, I understand. It is annoying as can be, but what would it look like to rejoice with them? What would it look like to rejoice with somebody who is expecting a child? What does it look like in your life to rejoice with someone who is rejoicing this week? Pay attention to the people around you. We live in a world where loneliness is in epidemic and harmful levels. It is hurting us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Take a step away from your life and look at the people around you. Mourn with those who mourn and rejoice and celebrate with those who are rejoicing and celebrating. It will actually bless you. My life has changed this week when I called people who were hurting and I checked in on them. It allowed me to experience goodness. My life changed this week when I called somebody and said, I saw that you just closed on a house. Congratulations. Mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice because it's not just about them. It also is about what God can do in a heart full of, of, of joy and, and mourning and goodness and sympathy and empathy. Play attention to others. And the third thing, that verse that is, is absolutely compelling me right now is if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. There are some things that are out of your control. If, guys, we live in a world where that is more apparent than it's ever been, right? What is in your control? What is within your control? Where it is possible, as far as you have control of your life, live at peace with everyone. As far as it is in control at your house, as you're planning Thanksgiving, as far as it is in your control, live at peace. Somebody calls you and wants to talk about Thanksgiving plans. What does it look like in that moment for you to exude peace on that phone call? What does it look like for you to walk into a hard situation and to exude peace in that place? Because this is what I want to tell you. 
if you are sitting in these chairs or if you're standing, if you are in this place, I need you to know something. God thinks you, you are worthy of the peace that Jesus came to offer this world. He wants to give it to you. And this is what he thinks. Those hands, those feet, those hearts, those eyes, those nose, those ears, those mouths, those bodies, those brains out in these seats are worthy to share that peace with a world desperate for it, guys. The world will know the peace of Jesus because of your hands and your feet, because of your heart and your mouth. You, listen, you are worthy of the peace of Jesus and God thinks you are worthy to share it with a world desperate for it. What does that look like this week? There's a woman in our church who uh, took me out to lunch after, I'll just be really honest, y'all, I got my schedule all mixed up and she texts me from lunch. We're supposed to meet for lunch one day and she texts me from lunch and she says, where are you? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just stood up someone in our church for lunch. I'm so, so sorry. I've been ghosted for lunch. I've been stood up for lunch. I'm like, I am so sorry. I know this must feel terrible. And you know what? Two weeks later, she texts me. She takes me out to lunch and she says this. It's okay. We all make mistakes. You're a pastor and you're a pretty good one. And at a time when you feel like you're not good enough, like you just can't get it all done because you're a mom and a pastor and all the things, and someone says, you're a good pastor, that blessing stuck with me even unto this moment months later. But when you follow Jesus, you don't just bless people who are easy slash medium hard to bless, right? You bless even, <laughs> you bless even those who are hard to bless. And so she says, Erica, I think we need to start a women's Bible study small group at our house. And I think we need to be at your house. Um, well, she didn't say my house. She, I offered my house. <laughs> but we, ought, we began to offer this, this Bible study and the peace that we have began, began to experience because she didn't just take one step in blessing me but said, what, what does it look like to get more people in a room, right? What does, it, what does it mean to do another step and invite some more people to experience this peace and this blessing? And then out of that room, people are living with peace and blessing. A dozen women meet in my living room every Thursday night and we talk about the peace and the love that Jesus offers and then how we can offer that to a world. Do you hear? Do you hear this? You make mistakes. You are going to mess up. And God says, I sent Jesus to forgive you and to make up for it because you are worthy. To not live with those offenses and that shame and those big gray spots in your life that you don't want anybody else to know. You are worthy. And God uses the people in this room to bless, to offer a good word over people who need it. And then he asks you to take a couple extra steps and offer peace to people who aren't easy to love. Not just for them, but it will begin to multiply the peace inside of you because I can't explain it, but that's how our Jesus works. If you have never given your life and heart to the peace of Jesus, I ask you this morning to make that decision. In a few minutes, I'm going to pray. Pray with me and offer your heart and life. Maybe some of you are sitting here after weeks or months or years of not connecting to the Jesus who offers us peace and you are ready to connect again and in a fresh way. I'm going to pray. Pray with me. 
And in a few moments, we're going to take communion all together. Chris and I will be standing in the back. And if you want us to pray over you, over somebody who is difficult to love, if you want me to pray over you, I will do that. Chris and I don't even talk to each other about what we pray for y'all. So come and pray with us. Offer your life to Jesus so the peace in this world can be multiplied. Can I get an amen? We live in a world desperate for it. Will you close your eyes and let me offer a blessing and a prayer over you. God, I pray first and foremost for people this morning who maybe for the first time ever will reach out and take the hand of Jesus and say, this is my life and my heart that I give to you. I want your peace. I need your peace. Offer it to me and through me to the world, God. I pray for those people who for years have not felt close to you or connected to you, God, I pray this will be the morning that they reach back out to you. Find out that you've been there all along offering them peace and goodness, God. And I pray for those this morning who know, who know about the people who are difficult to love. And I pray, God, that you'll give them peace to bless, peace to rejoice, peace to mourn. And God, that as it is in their control, that they will live in peace with everyone around them. Most of all, God, we are thankful for the peace that we are all offered through Jesus. Multiply it in our hearts and our lives. Amen.